sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box. A hard cross. McBride scores. It's 3-0 United States. Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. So much to get into today. Uh, We are going to clearly talk a lot of Champions League. There's been some developments there. There's been some games that happened, so we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, We've got a championship game being played. With the crew to the Capybaras rolling on with a stunning victory, a wonderful victory uh, over, was that I believe Toronto's two, whatever. So the deuces from Canada, see you later, flushed down the toilet as crew two continues on to the MLS Next Pro Championship match. We'll talk about that a little bit. I'll talk about a couple of former soccer coaches getting inducted not inducted, added to the dictionary. Yep. But, and, of course, we'll talk about the – well, I'll, I'll start here. I'm going to warn people now that are listening that may listen to us with their children in the car or wherever they are. Maybe you got it on the smart speaker, whatever you do. Usually we keep the swearing to a minimum. But this, this next segment – I don't even know what you're about to say. Well – there's going to be a lot of swearing for probably the next five minutes. I'm just going to warn you of that. Okay. And we don't have to produce her Bodie who makes all this sound as good as it possibly can, which is it can't sound very good, no. but he tries his hardest anyway to help us. Uh, but we don't give him much to work with. Don't You don't have to bleep any of this, I don't think, unless it goes too haywire. Just use your own judgment. But um, this is not going to be crew-related, my swearing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to swear a lot has nothing to do with the crew. We will talk about the crew. Are you ready for the swearing? Yeah. What the fuck is Erling Holland anyway at this point? (laughs) Jesus goddamn fucking Christ. (laughs) How the fuck are you supposed to stop this bastard? What the fuck? He's ridiculous. This motherfucker out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Just shows on the international scene a couple years ago and said, oh, I'm just a big, lanky fuck. I'm going to walk around, and every ball that comes within a zip code of me, I'm going to knock into a goal. How do you stop him? What are you supposed to do? Beamer, I saw a stat that just... Uh, first of all, I wasn't, pre- I wasn't prepared for that. You told me before the show, you're like, I'm going to do, do this thing. I'm like, all right, I have no idea what you're about to do. That's right. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I agree. With, I, just, I agree with everything <laughs> you said. I saw a stat, like there's so many stats with this giant oaf of goal scoring brilliance that I could bring to your attention, but I will just bring one to your attention. Uh, in the entirety of the wonderful European club FC Copenhagen, mm-hmm. may they let them live. They are great. They're a nice. They're a nice European club. They are not the biggest club. They are not a terrible club. Consistent Champions League participants. Yep. FC Copenhagen, in their 29 total Champions League games they have participated in, they have scored 24 goals. Okay. Good. That's that's not the greatest number you can score, clearly. Certainly not the worst. No, it's certainly not the worst, but they've scored 24 goals in 29 Champions League games. Erling Holland in 22 Champions League games has scored 28 goals. That's ass backwards. He's scored in seven fewer games. One human 
has scored four more goals than an entire <laughs> team full of people who are paid millions of dollars to play soccer and not in like some pissant competition that you never heard of in Bolivia. This is the Champions League. And he's scoring more goals than actual European teams in Champions League. Make it make sense, Beam. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. Mike Singletary. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't coach against can't him. Do it. I don't know what the game plan is. I don't. I mean, he sat there on Sunday, wasn't excited about Manchester United's Derby match with City coming off of a month-long break. Wasn't pumped. Wasn't pumped about it. Knew exactly what was going to happen. Showed up to Zaftig. Hanging out. Everyone's like, oh, I think we're feeling confident today. We're going to catch these guys sleeping. I'm like, you guys are high. <laughs> like, there's no chance. I went in. I'm we're like, it's going to be- catch him sleep. You could catch him sleeping and he'd still bag two goals. You wake him up in the 85th minute down two nil. You're going to lose. I mean, they, they the guy- should actually start doing that with him. They should do little like Joe Rogan. I don't not Joe Rogan. Now Joe Rogan, when he was on fear factor, <laughs> when it was just him feeding mealworms to people yeah. that they need to do challenges like that, where it's like Erling Holland's going to lay in a bed of scorpions for an hour. They're going to get him out of there, rinse him off and throw a uniform on him. He's going to go out there. How many goals can you score then? And the answer is still two or three because mm-hmm. he's just that bleeping good. I don't know why I bleeped myself there yeah. after literally <laughs> what you just heard. He's right. insane. All right, back to swearing off now. I'll be more normal from here on out. But that that dude is ridiculous. But, so, by the way, he has three hat tricks in the Premier League already. Three. In three the, in the Remember the league where he couldn't score in? Because everybody was like, well, I played in the Farmers League. Yeah, and remember that? What about when he plays real people? Well, mm-hmm. All right, how's this working out for you? Huh? What's yeah. your answer to that? I mean, remember all those? You know, arguments that we had about, oh, he's not going to be that good. Manchester City, only are the best, only the team best team, the, you know, the entire the be- only world. the best team in the world, and they added arguably the best, not arguably, and what were the they, best striker in the world? What were they lacking? Oh, they were lacking somebody who could sit in the box and just poach goals. Away. What were they lacking? A a gargantuan superhero who can just land on your skull like Thanos, snap his fingers, and bring whatever you want to life. I was prepared for this derby match this weekend. I said going in, I was going to be 5 0. Much to my chagrin, United played better in the second half, but it didn't matter. The game was already done and dusted, anyways. Now we knew that Erling Holland could score all of these fantastic goals. That was going to be the real threat. You're not supposed to be able to do what he does with his passes and on the ball things other than firing at net what he does. That's it right. It makes me sick. Yeah. What it's, he is it's, doing. It's not just he's a great no. goal scorer and then he's useless everywhere else. He's effective. You could play him at left wing back and he'd probably still have a huge impact on the game and still find a goal somewhere, by the way, because they would have set pieces. But I'm just saying, like, you could deploy him pretty much everywhere. And I think he's that good that he'd be like, yeah, I got this figured out after a few weeks. He'd be fine. Put so him anywhere. I saw somebody tweet this out the other day of, of your Erling Holland. So now the real shame about him is that his team Norway missed out on the world cup. So you're yes. not going to get to see them you in the world cup. The best, arguably the the best player in the world. I mean, we can have that debate or whatever, but arguably one of the best yeah. players in the world will just not be in the world cup. Because so I saw, not there. I saw somebody make an argument. It's like every team should be allowed to deploy Erling Holland for 30 minutes during the world cup. Like whatever they're choosing, <laughs> like doesn't matter if it's the first game in the group stage, first 30 minutes, you want to go, you want to get some goals. Every team has access to Erling Holland for 30 minutes to just parachute into the game and play. Oh, you know what I would actually do? Like, for parity's sake. Go through the FIFA rankings to take every team in the FIFA rankings in the World Cup to that point 
and they start. We go from the bottom. The bottom team gets first dibs on when they want him. Great. Let's say it's like they're, they're saying, well, we don't know what our third match is going to like. We don't know where we're going to be. So let's just have him in reserve for the third match in case we're in this. We're the worst team in the tournament. Maybe we can just drop him in the third match where maybe we have a chance and use him. And then the next worst team says, all right, well, we can't have him for the third match. The well, opening we want to get well, points. We'll have, we want we'll him, have him in the first game. match. Yeah, we want him to start. And then and then another team's like, cool, we're going to have him in the cause, semifinals. Cause you could probably <laughs> yeah. have him play in multiple matches in the same week that sure. are like the first match or the second match because there's a staggered start there. I'm saying you, you're right. That would And he only goes for 30 minutes, so he's good the next day. Love it. Let's make I mean, that happen. He can happen. play two games in a day if he needs to. Of course he could. Well, it's a small enough country. You could probably run across the street well, and like get to the next stadium. like four stadiums in Doha. That's what I'm there? saying. Yeah. Just have him just, you know, hook up the Strava. Get your little, you know, steps counter on there and just see how many miles he logs. Just running around different stadiums and scoring goals. The guy's an alien. I mean, he's he's a freak. He's, he's a freak of nature, man. Literally an alien. No. I mean, I'm sitting there watching that game, and, of course, we've watched him do that again. Uh, he scored two more in the this week's Champions League games. Uh, against Copenhagen, who you're talking about. And it's just, you, there's no way to stop them. City were already the best team on the ball and their dynamic passing. One of the better teams at defending. Now they have a guy like that to feed in their beautiful supply balls with. I mean, that pass from Kevin De Bruyne to Erling Holland uh, this past weekend against United, I, I couldn't even be mad about it. I mean, yeah. at that point, first of all, I think it says a lot about me as a United fan. And I think the mental psyche, I wasn't even mad. It was just like, yeah, that th- it makes sense. What do you, yeah, what are you supposed to do nothing, with that? Nothing, nothing. You can't you can stop do. him. He's an alien. He's a total alien. I don't get it. By the way, the uh, I just looked it up because I wanted to make sure. The record for Premier League hat tricks mm-hmm. in a career, do you know how many it is? It's not. It's, I mean, it's double digits, but it's not high double 12? digits. Twelve. You're spot on. Do you know who owns the record? Oh, I just saw it the other day. Who does? Who has it? Sergio Aguero! Yeah. Oh, that's the guy. So Manchester City has the current. I mean, they don't how have, many games did it take him to get there? Oh, I I don't know, but I you know he played in the Premier League for a long time, right? Wasn't he there seven eight years at least? Oh, more or than ten that. years or yeah. something. I mean, like Erling Holland could easily get to six hat tricks this year. This year, I'm saying he, he could, could get halfway there. He he could get the record this year if he had if he keeps up the ridiculous pace he's on. He could actually get it this year, but. I'm saying let's say he cools off a little bit, teams adjust. It's not unheard of for him to, to think that against some of the crap teams, he'll get three goals if they decide to play him. The only thing that honestly keeps him away from getting this record is the fact that there are Champions League matches that they're going to need him for more, and they're just going to say, yeah, we don't need you against, say, Forrest or something. We're not going to play you in this game. Whoever. <laughs> Whoever. Yeah, we don't need you against Arsenal. Like, honestly, they might be at that point. I'm no shade to Arsenal, by the way. We can talk about that for a hot minute because welcome back, Arsenal, to being one of the relevant teams in world soccer it's again. It's been a long, windy road for you to get here. Mikel Arteta has yeah. got them back. They're playing great. They look phenomenal. One of the most, han- I will say, too, he is one of the most handsome humans on the face of the planet. Oh, he's devilishly in his good looks. Oh, tremendous. He's doing well. He's no, um, oh, gosh. Who's the guy? I just he was coaching um Jesse Marsh. No, Jesse Marsh is also a handsome man, my guy for Leeds. No, but who was the guy that was just coaching the uh who did US play in their last tune-up game? That was they played Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah. The guy who manages Saudi Arabia. <laughs> the guy no, who manages look him Saudi up. Arabia. I'm telling you, he's one of the most like 
He's a he's like a handsome sixty year old Mang or fifty five year old Mang, but he's a good looking dude. Don't that, have the head coach of Saudi Arabia on the top of my head. Okay, well we can look him up. All I'm telling you is, or we don't, and we just name him. Nope. Uh, all right, his name is Feyenoord Bayern Ski Copenhagen. Yeah, okay. no, I don't know. Anyway, Bayernski. Yes, good for that dude. Anyway, outside of him, Michael Arteta, Mikel Arteta, he's he's doing great. But this 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 Arsenal team right now is. I mean, you decimated one of your arch rivals. You have shown everyone that you are for real this year, at least in the early going. Good for Arsenal. They deserve all the praise they're getting. And I am happy for the Gunners fans who have been long-suffering and dealing with this crap for a while because you actually got to experience what real long-time 40 years ago Arsenal fans got to experience, right? right? They were that kind of just run-of-the-mill, not-the-greatest-team-in-the-world kind of thing. They took off. They had their tremendous years with Thierry Henry and mm-hmm. you know all these other guys that came through there and just made them this this invincible like, in, well they, literally they were the invincibles right the unbeatable yeah. team that year but but then you've had some hard times and now you've you swung back into re, into not just redemption you are top of the league and doing great so yeah, it's been pretty remarkable what Mikel Arteta has done uh for that for that team, and I don't know if you have watched the All or Nothing with Arsenal, but no, I need to watch. So it. I've got so many of those stacked up that I haven't watched yet. Yeah. I haven't even got to Welcome to Wrexham. I'm so backed up on my soccer. I did the first two episodes of Welcome to Wrexham, and then for some reason I've just let them stack up on my DVR. I haven't got that done, but uh, the All or Nothing with Arsenal. Now I've only seen bits and pieces of episodes. I've yet to dive in on the full thing. I mean, good lord. He is wonderful. And we've had our fun with Arsenal here on this podcast for since the time that we've been doing it. But like you mentioned, welcome back to the world stage. That game against Tottenham, he had 22 shots. All right? This is uh, – did you enjoy when those games used to just be so monotonous? Right. Even when they were good. Like the the last few years under Wenger, right, that was just – their whole thing was like, well, Arsenal's going to be a real boring, grinded out, gross game. Not anymore. But, you know, I mean, not quite the same, but like Atletico Madrid has been, where oh, it's God, like, oh, they hate them. Right. I, I know you do, play. but but didn't Arsenal do that to a lot of a lot of games where you're just like, they could be something or I don't know. I wish they would actually try to play, but instead they had this, nope, we're going to play keep away for 80 minutes and then hope that we wear you down. No, nah, man, they've they've got... All their guys going. Yeah, Tomas Partey, their engine, man. <sighs> He's, He's great. Gabriel Martinelli has played fantastic for them. And we sat here when we previewed the Premier League season. Yeah. We said, Gabriel Jesus. Great pickup. You add him because he wasn't fitting in with Pep's style of play, and they had their falling out. It was a fantastic pickup. You move off of Aubameyang last year. Now he's scoring goals in Champions League for Chelsea. But still, I mean, this team right now, flying. 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 Good for them. I'm happy for them, even though it pains me to say that. They still have to deal with that loss against United a couple of weeks ago. But, hey, that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> You're they also, not going to let that they go. Also you shouldn't. Had, no, I'm not going to let it go. But they also still have to deal with Erling Holland at some point this time. So, looks like Champions League side, of course. Looks like real title contenders. Now, the question for them is, can they do it while also battling in Europa League, all these other comp cup competitions right and then of course trying to stay strong through the premier league and that has been their battle over the last couple of years started off quick then they waned then they come on strong towards the end of the year keeping them steady and getting points but to at this minute man are they really 
really a solid team. What you're saying is, can they do it on a rainy Tuesday night in Turkey? Correct. Or wherever you're playing your Europa League games, right? Because you're kind of playing some Cyprus. Different... Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, you got to deal with that. But no, Arsenal, good for them. And I, I failed to realize this until I was watching the game. Like Tottenham, unbeaten until that game. Yeah. That, so also, I am enjoying the fact that Tottenham has has continued to be back, right? They were great last year. They've got another good team this year. Like, yeah, this is this is a this is a fun time to be a Premier League fan. Chief among those reasons is unless you root for the team that has to, you know, be the arch rivals to uh Erling Holland's mm-hmm. team, whichever team that is. Anyway, for everybody else, it's a lot of fun to just kind of watch that guy play. And they play a Boda Glimped today in oh, okay. uh Europa League. Boda Glimped? Yeah. I gotta tell you, I've been I mean, I'm not the most hardcore European soccer fan, but I feel like I've heard a lot. I've seen or heard a lot of team names in my day. (laughs) I've never come across Boda Klimt. That's not real. Okay. What country is that? I don't know. Well, we're going to find out all about the fighting glimpse. Moldat, Rosenberg, Lillestrom, Valaranga, You're just saying words. Stromskadet, that's another okay, team so, in their league. So are, are they, they Norwegian? So this is Norwegian? Or, yeah, it's got to be a Scandinavian league. That's what that sounds like. I think like. it's Norwegian. Okay. Bold glimped. Well, it's, not what, real, right. it's not a real place. Not a real place. No. That's what I'm, as far as I'm concerned. They're going to trounce bold glimp today. <laughs> on soccer podcast day. Sorry. On soccer no, podcast day. On soccer day, podcast yeah. day. It's right, right, right. Um, all right. Uh, we're not going to take a break. We're just going to roll right into it. Are you surprised by anything that happened with the crew last night? They got up two to nothing and then gave away points after the 90th minute. They didn't give away two goals in after the 90th. They gave away the, this is the formula the crew have been so good at for so many years. And it's, it goes back even to, by the way, cup winning year of 2020. They would do this from time to time, get a lead and immediately get either a one or two goal lead and immediately give a goal back within the next five minutes, which is what they did in that game last night. And then whether they give up a goal and they're, it's two to one against Charlotte. And then you're still holding on and you're trying to weather the storm and you're trying to not make it happen. You're trying to just, just get out of there. Two, one, you're on the road, right? And you give up the second goal in the, in, in the 90th, after the 89th minute, whatever it was. And it's a two, two game and you roll out of there dropping two points that otherwise were yours. It's, it's ridiculous. They do. They have dropped 11 points after stop in stoppage time this year. 11 points off the board in stoppage time. This is a team now that has to do something, get a result on decision day just to make the playoffs. And they've given away 11 points. Don't give away, give away 10 points. Bone, that's not even including. Give away nine points. The 20 plus points that they've given away in the 75th minute or later. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, that's just at the death. Things that most teams who are playoff caliber teams, let's say you give up fewer single digit points You're after, in the playoffs. This, after the You're- 70th minute. Not only are you in the play, if you gave up single digit yeah. points after the 75th minute this year, cut that number in half. You're probably hosting a playoff game. Yeah. That's the difference between them. And I, and I refuse to hear from the people who say this is not at all related to coaching. Now, if you want to say it's related somewhat to coaching, somewhat to tactics, somewhat to motivation, and that is coaching, but it also is related to the guys on the field bucking up and getting it done. I'm all about that because I'm not trying to abdicate the players or 
uh, whatever, not abdicate. I'm trying. To, I'm not trying to take the responsibility off the players. It's it is their fault when they're on the field and they just switch off whenever they do anything good. They're like, all right, well, game Sweet. over. Oh wait, they're still playing. Hey, how'd that happen? Goal? I don't understand. Uh, we got another goal in the bag. We're good. But and it's so frustrating too because you know what I'd prefer to talk about. I would really prefer to talk talk about Lucas Zellerion having one of the <laughs> most ridiculous goals off of one of the most ridiculous sequences I've ever seen in MLS history. I mean, it, taking a free kick from midfield and scoring it. Longest free kick in MLS history I since mean, they've been tracking the stats. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It was amazing. He is also now one of like three players in club history to have double-digit goals and assists, and there's still another game left. He could get more. He could add to it. Also, history was made um, – I was watching the post-game broadcast last night. Oh, yeah. By the way, shout-out, Brett. Shout-out, Jordan. Shout-out, Neil. Shout-out, everybody that's done a fantastic job yeah. Uh, yeah. getting us to cover Neil, that. Neil Sika, Jordan Angeli, Brett Hildebrand. Uh, that was their last broadcast with uh, Valley Sports Columbus. And I don't know what the future holds with all that. I They should be calling crew games, but I'm sure they probably won't be. I, I don't know anything insider. I have no idea. Me yeah, either. I, just, I mean, I know the Apple thing's happening next year, and a lot of the local TV teams are going away. But, yeah, it's it's a, it's a real shame that that happened, and, and I don't like that at all. No, I don't either. Um, but they were saying this in the postgame last night. There have been three teams in MLS history that have made the playoffs without winning back-to-back games all year during an MLS season. Now, the crew could become the fourth team if they do that. Until up until that moment when they were talking about that, it did not dawn on me yep. that the crew had not won back-to-back games all season long. Uh they you're right that they have not. Uh on top of that, I want to say I think I saw our buddy Nate Beckman tweet about this. It may not have been him, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's Just a tweet about it. To it. Nate. He he probably tweeted something good anyway if it wasn't this. But Nate, I believe said that he's now rooting for San Jose to get a victory uh, on Saturday because then that would mean the crew would be the only team that did not get a a victory. <laughs> it would be the only team in MLS that did not get back-to-back victories this entire season. Shocking, right? They have 16 draws. Bone, look at this 16 roster. 16 draws, dude. Look at this roster. Look at it. Ugh. Cherish it. Mm. And I forget the guy on Twitter who was uh, was fired up last night, of course. Yeah. Still fired yeah. up today. And, you know, talking everything about Caleb Porter's like, well, it's not Caleb's fault. You know, you tried to park the bus earlier in the year. You tried to hold on to a lead. That didn't work. And now you tried to go offensively, and that didn't work. Uh, last night against Charlotte, was that unlucky? Sure, you could say that. Was that unlucky for the crew who didn't put their chances away? I think that's a fair argument. But it's not unlucky when you have done this as consistently as this team has done. Totally agree. And you know what? If you want to employ a strategy where you're parking the bus and you're defending a lead, I'm okay with it. Now, what this signifies to me is maybe you've gone tactically and made those decisions in the wrong game against against the wrong opponents. And yeah. that, to me, falls on the manager. Sure, you could say, all right, well, we tried this. Well, yeah, you tried, and maybe you got it wrong. It's not luck. Luck has nothing to do with it. You get jobbed by officiating every week in MLS, and Caleb wants to throw them under the bus for last night's game. Well, the ball should have been stopped 15 yards behind. That free kick was taken 80 yards away from the Uh, net. Oh, dude, I, yeah. I I don't understand. I do understand being frustrated with officials. I do understand being frustrated with refs. You know when you don't get to bring that up? When you're the head coach of a team that has one of the – most historically futile 
franchise or teams in MLS history after the 75th minute. The most. You don't you do not the get most. you don't get to bring that up and say, "Well, this one is on the refs." No, it's not because it's a trend that's happened regardless of day game, night game, road game, home, home game. game, bad team, good team, playoff team, not playoff team. Doesn't matter. Healthy guys, t- guys are all injured. After the 75th minute, your guys, your team goes completely in the garbage can. Whose fault is that? Is it every guy on the team just suddenly decided, yeah, I'd only play for 75 minutes? Or is it on the coaches not being able to read the room? Not being able to figure out which guys need to be in there and which guys don't. Not being able to figure out how to motivate guys and get that sorted out after the 75th minute. Clearly, he's not getting the job done. And I don't care if he makes the playoffs. I don't care if they go and win a couple games in the playoffs, which I would be shocked if that happens. He is not the right manager for this club. And I don't, well, we'll talk about it. We'll take a break. We'll come back. What do we root for this weekend? What are the scenarios? We'll tell you what the scenarios are. We'll tell you what, what do we even root for as crew fans? And also we'll give you something that is a lot easier to digest. Uh, you can root for the Cappies because they're yeah. about to hopefully go hoist a trophy. Love to see that for crew too. We'll talk about it next. It's Bone and Beam United brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. to you by Zaftig Italian Village. All right. So uh, went to our buddy Nate Beckman's uh, Twitter handle, which is at MLS4, number four, cast. At MLS4 cast. Nate put together the final Eastern Conference scenarios. By the way, looking at that makes my head explode. It's amazing, right? The, yeah. Nate's got that type of brain, and I know there are other guys who do the stats, and, and it it is something that also confuses me because I'm stupid. But there are people who just are able to dive into analytics and dive into numbers and dive into anything like that. And, and it me. makes sense. But this one is fairly straightforward. There are two games you have to pay attention to as a crew fan if you want the crew to make the playoffs. More on that in a second. Uh, there are two games. Cincinnati plays D.C. Orlando plays the crew. Right? We know this. Yep. That's on the road for Orlando or for the crew. Rather, they're in Orlando. If Cincinnati beats D.C., they are in regardless of scenario. And then it would change based on what happens in the crew game as to who gets in. If Orlando beats the crew, they're in crew wins against Orlando or ties, then the crew are in. So again, two out of those three scenarios, crew wins or ties, they're in. And that is true for all these scenarios, right? Regardless of what Cincinnati does, if the crew win against Orlando or they tie, they are in the playoffs. So that's all you have to care about. But there's a scenario here that I think we should highlight. <laughs> the least likely scenario to happen, but I, I would love to see it if it does. Uh, if Cincinnati ties D.C. and Orlando ties the crew, then it's Cincinnati and Columbus both getting in. Uh, Cincinnati gets the higher seed. If Orlando beats the crew and Cincinnati ties D.C., then it's Orlando and Cincinnati. If Columbus beats Orlando, Columbus and Cincinnati are in, you get it. Now, if Cincinnati loses to D.C., this is where it gets interesting. Obviously, if Orlando beats the crew, it's Orlando and Cincinnati still getting in. If Columbus beats Orlando and Cincinnati loses to D.C., it's Columbus and FC Cincinnati. The only scenario where FC Cincinnati does not make the playoffs is if Orlando ties the crew and if Cincinnati loses to D.C. So if Cincinnati, they control Cincinnati and all these three teams technically control their own destiny, Right. right? If Orlando beats the crew, they are in regardless of what else happens. Cincinnati 
does not lose to D.C. There is zero way they can miss the playoffs. And even if they lose, they can still make the playoffs, right? And if the crew win or tie their game, they are in the playoffs. So it's very clear cut for everybody involved. But you know I would love to see the crew tie Orlando if D.C. could beat FC Cincinnati and keep FC Cincinnati out of the playoffs. That would make my little crew heart just giggle with glee. But and then still be upset at the same time. <laughs> well, that's just it, because I'd be happy to see Cincinnati out of the playoffs. But here's the reality. Do we think, and I don't know the answer to this, Beam. I'm posing it as just a question for you. Do we think the Haslams are firing Caleb Porter, which I think is the most important thing for the crew to move forward next year and be a better team? Do they they fire him if he makes the playoffs? No. I really don't. I don't know if they fire him if he misses the playoffs, quite honestly, with those dopes. But I definitely think they are not smart enough to realize that making the playoffs in MLS by the skin of your teeth, barely on the last week of the year with all the money they've spent on this team. I don't think they're smart enough to realize that's unacceptable. And even if you get in the playoffs, you should be fired. But if they miss the playoffs, they will then be able in their stupid brains, be able to go, oh, missing playoffs crew bad. And then maybe J.W. Johnson or someone will be like, hey, I think actually we should probably get rid of that guy. Man. <laughs> I'm going to change the logo again. I'm J.W. Johnson. Burr, burr, burr. That's just how I, I don't know what he sounds like. I saw a picture sounds him. like that. Moron. Anyway, so that, I, I I don't know, Beam. Do you do you think if they lose, like, I, I think if they. I don't want to root for my team to miss the playoffs, but yeah. I do not want this team to be coached by Caleb Porter next year because they will suffer the same fate as they did this year, which is mediocrity, underperforming, and a bunch of guys not reaching their potential. All right, so let's break this down. Caleb comes in, you get you get the cup, right? Yeah. Get the cup, good to go. Last year, you could look at this, disappointing year. You were peaking towards the end of the year. You had a lot of injuries. It's free pass coming off the cup year. Yeah. Even though that's that's still frustrating. It's, it was frustrating at the time. There were plenty of built-in excuses last year. It was frustrating at the time, and it's frustrating now looking back on it. Now you go to this year. Okay. Of course, you were without a striker for, what, six weeks? Trade Miguel, Miguel Berry. Giassi goes out. Maybe not even. By the way, who's all, who's all fault was that? I don't know. The front office and coach. All right. So you're. <laughs> I without mean, that's a, their fault. You're without a striker. You haven't won back-to-back games all year. You're not going to do so. You're fighting and vying for a playoff life, and you just made one of the best additions of the year when you brought in Cucho Hernandez for the fourth or fifth most expensive fee. And he has not been disappointing. No. I mean, he's done a reasonably good. He is acclimated as well as anyone in their first half year. Most guys, it takes them a full MLS season to really get up to speed. He came in and started bagging goals for you right away. So the problem would be is if your team was losing in different fashions or they were going out there and just missing wide open opportunities. And to be fair, there have been some of that. But the problem to me, Bone, is that it's the same storyline for the last two years. Take the injuries out last year, whatever. We sat here on this same day last year going into decision day saying, well, if they could only get this result and this result, and if they would have done this in the last, you know, couple of handful of games, if if a different game would have gone a different way, then we would be in the playoffs. We've done that now for two consecutive years. This is a roster that is not built to surprise anybody and get in by the skin of your teeth and play for a draw. This is a roster that has championship pedigree and world-class players on it when they're on their day. And you look at the person who is guiding that team to everything that has happened over the last two years, and it's the same guy. And 
If that's not only enough to convince you and sway you, what has happened in his previous stops before? It is the same exact it's same formula story. Yeah. He comes in like a wrecking ball. He motivates his players. They do great. They win a lot. And then. Yeah. It's the same thing over and over and over. Sure. He can get a longer leash. That would be fine. If this were the first instance of him doing this with an organization, it is not. It is the same exact thing. This is not a roster that is built for scratching and clawing and just making your way into the playoffs. This is a championship roster that is built for having home field, perhaps even getting a chance to make a run at a supporter shield. Now you have failed miserably in doing so. And now you are banking on the last day of the year, getting a draw. Yeah. I don't know. You, it's, you make, you it's make fairly, the decision. I'll tell you what, and this is a good transitional moment for us. Cause, cause the first thing you do in sports media, whenever someone brings up, Hey, you got to re- get rid of the coach. There's always the people who are then the vocal supporters of whatever coach is in position. They'll say, Oh yeah. Who are you going to get? That's better. Who's going to come in and manage this team? Well, number one, Thomas Tuchel. You, <laughs> sure. But I'll give you a name. How about Laurent Courtois? The guy who is in charge of crew two, yeah. who has his team as a, you want to talk this. They had the Miley Cyrus season coming in like a wrecking ball. Like they <laughs> swung through in all of MLS next pro and decimated that league. Now that is on clearly the scouting abilities of the crew front office. That is on the player development side for all the, you know, relevant parties there, including Loren Cortaw and, and everybody in that front office. Right. But that is, is something that you can say talent being similar throughout the league there. He was able to get more out of his team than anyone else. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what's going to happen this weekend. They play St. Louis city two, which I like. Again, it's just a dumb thing we do where everybody's St. Louis city or, you know, something, something FC or whatever. Crew SC. Crew S Columbus SC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, All I know is this maybe St. Louis city two, is a dumb name. How about that? Like crew two sounds good. City two sounds stupid. I just, I don't know why it does. It does. But that's where I would go. If you're looking for someone to manage this club, go ahead. He's in house. He knows the vibe. He knows the system. He's not coaching a system. That's vastly different than what Caleb Porter would have wanted to do. And his guys ball out when they're actually being played at the senior level, his guys seemingly love to play for him. Now, maybe that's because they're all just hungry for a shot at the next level. Maybe he will get outcoached by the guys at MLS level. I don't know, but I'm willing to take that risk over another season. of. If you gave me bring up crew two coach or let Caleb Porter just be the manager next year, no question in my mind what I do. I, I promote a few guys from crew two, including the manager, and then we go next year with pretty much whatever roster you have at you need to address a couple issues sure. right you can't just have pedro yeah, santos be your only left that's back every transfer window and that you have to address no shade to pedro santos it's not on him he's i love pedro santos he's one of my favorite crew players of all time he he did an admirable job this year you need to have a better plan at left back next year you need to have some if he's going to still be here he needs to be a winger and you need to have a better plan defensively and to manage his minutes because he cannot be playing no, a full 90 you cannot expect for 30 him. games a year that's a stupid plan dumb plan it's a dumb plan so all right now that all said we will move to crew two and i will tell you i i i can't get there this weekend i don't think because we have soccer games with the kids but i my i am crew my three. heart <laughs> 
Not yet. Not yet. We're we're just we're tr- we're just learning to how to appreciate the game. But I want to be at this Crew Two game. I would encourage anyone who yeah. can get there. Crew Two Saturday one thirty Historic Crew Stadium. Go. LDC. Huh? LDC. Oh, it's at the LDC. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, don't do that. Go to the LDC and enjoy this game and be there and support and watch this team hoist. A, they are going to, I hope, hoist a trophy. But regardless of if they do that or not, they deserve your support because they have been by far the most entertaining thing to watch in the black and gold all season long. You, you and I watched a game in person. Yeah. We, I've watched a few of theirs online now since then. They're phenomenally fun to watch. Go Go enjoy soccer again. If you feel burnout on the crew and all the drama off the field, on the field, ownership, manager, go watch Crew 2 and just remember how much fun soccer can be because that's the what way, they are. Shout out. Tickets are 10 bucks, which is good. Good, good, for, good bring, for them. Good for bringing the price down. They paid they $30 for last week's game. A joke. A joke that they did that. Glad they heard from the fans at least and toned that price down because that's ridiculous. Also, shout out to the Cappy Brava. Uh, which is Bravo. the which is the, the spinoff, spinoff of the Nordec who has been supporting Crew Two uh, during their first season in MLS Next Pro. It's really awesome, man. It's a fun atmosphere. So if you're list- if you're listening to this and you're looking for something fun to do with the kids, family, you want to yeah. get blitz man. drunk, whatever you want to do uh, <laughs> on Saturday, I will tell you one thing: you will have even if they lose, you will have a much better time oh. watching this team play than you will the slog of the senior team. Yes, yes. At where they are playing right now, how that senior team, I hope the senior team becomes fun again to watch. I hope the actual Columbus crew senior roster is a team that we can all embrace and have fun with again. But it's just been such a miserable season with this team. So much drama, so much stupidity from the ownership to the coaches to really everything. I'm ready for, I'm ready. I'm ready for it to end. If you ask me, am I rooting for this team to get the result they need? No. If it means, again, if I have to believe Caleb Porter is coming back next year, if they get in the playoffs, if I got a guarantee that it doesn't matter what he does in the playoffs, even winning another MLS Cup, well, you know what? If he wins MLS Cup, I take it all back. Anything short of MLS Cup, fired. (laughs) All right? If I make that deal in the Haslam say done, then I'm rooting this weekend for my team to get in the playoffs, and I'm rooting for them in the playoffs. But I can't in good faith do that if I think it means Caleb Porter gets a free pass into next year. I'm not. Not going to do that. I don't want to sign up for that either. No. I don't want to sign up for that. By the way, if you're looking for a breakdown on St. Louis City 2, I'm I'm not the person for you. Oh, no, we're not going to. We're not. I am not, I am not the person for that. But By yes. The, well, here's what we need to highlight. Just if you are someone who has not watched this team at all and you're not familiar. By the way, it's one thirty on Saturday. I think you mentioned that. It was supposed to be. I think like four o'clock or five o'clock or something like that. They shifted the time. So be aware. Yeah. If you haven't noticed that it is now a one thirty kickoff. It's a one thirty kickoff. And that's if you are again, for, for those of you, I know neighbor Eric's going to lose his mind when I say he this. Already for those, did. He already did. For those of you who are Ohio state fans who are like, well, I'd like to watch their game as well. Good news. You can, you can do one and then tie one on Eric after already lost his shit. Why the game was, he's like, <laughs> I think he tweeted at crew too. He's like, what the f- fuck is this yeah this kickoff time stinks oh geez by the way good job out of him uh he got me a cappy's bumper sticker a magnet i saw that on your car that he just stuck on there that's great and i want to thank him for now i have a sweet looking cappy sticker on my car i'm in, i'm all in on cappy's culture the culture scene the vibes are right over yeah. there the fan base gets it I, I know that's a lot of crew fans over there but the people in that like stadium and you see that that 
that is very reminiscent of what early days of crew fandom were like. And I, and I appreciate that. And I, I love seeing it. So Jason Russell Rowe hat trick, uh, a couple weeks ago or no against, uh, was that Rochester? They played. Yeah. We had the hat trick phenomenal. And this then stole one at the death against Toronto. And they stole one time. What a, Got what a game during the death. What a game that was for them. They are just, they're phenomenal to watch, man. Go watch this team. And either way, a great season, great start for them. Can't wait till we get a women's team. Let's get that done next. Yep. You know, when you stop taking women's rights away, if you want to mm-hmm. do that, maybe you could actually have a women's team. That'd be cool. Anyway, How dare you? enough about <laughs> the crew and that up and down season with the, the senior team and the great season with crew two. Uh, briefly with Champions League, no real surprises, no really. big surprises to get to. Bruges beat Atletico. That was kind of, I bet you loved that. Me? Did you hate Atletico Madrid? I do, I do hate them. Yeah. I can't stand to watch that style of play. It makes me want to pull my hair out. I understand. Well, you have a lot of hair to pull out. I, I do. don't have much to lose. That's so true. I it's because I pulled hair. all of your hair out. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, and briefly, what's this deal with Jose Mourinho and Alex Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson, getting into the dictionary? So they're classic quotes, which I'm sure that you have heard of. Uh, oh, before. sure. Their quotes from Fergie and Jose Mourinho made the latest update of the Oxford Dictionary. The dictionary features 600,000 words, 3 million quotations, and over 1,000 years of English, and is the definitive record on the English language. Two iconic managers make the latest update, Ferguson's squeaky bum time and Jose Mourinho's park the bus, make the cut the, as I phrases. I didn't realize Jose was the I, – I had no idea – Jose Mourinho was yeah. the originator of parking the bus. I Mourinho did not... said it when they put it, it when they employed it against Tottenham in 2004. Might as well put their uh, team coach in the goal mouth talking about that. Uh, added it also added there there are new entries resulting in monitor lexicography program where they review databases and different things. And oh, I guess those wow. and I guess those were so frequently used that it then forced them to add squeaky bum time, which means. Anytime that you're watching the crew past the 85th minute when a, with a lead, that is squeaky bum time. It is squeaky bum time. If you're not aware of that. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, parking the bus, which has become frequently used across the world soccer. I like that those two terms very much describe how the crew have done things at times this year. Squeaky bum time and parking the bus. Yeah. And parking the bus has led to squeaky bum time. It, <laughs> and then unparking the bus has also <laughs> yes. led to it. It's kind of a it's kind of like maybe the guy running the ship. Needs to just stop driving the bus. Mm -hmm. And then we can get rid of squeaky bum time once and for all. All right. That's it for us. Beamer, sorry I swore at you so much at the start of the show. I didn't really swear at you. I just swore in your vicinity. That's okay. I'm not used to hearing it, so I'm going to have to go and wash my ears out. Bodie, our producer, I am sorry that I swore so much as well. Feel free to bleep whatever you need to bleep. You don't have to, but I'd say leave it all in. Whatever. He's I'm, not listening at this I'm, point, anyways. As my mom about? used to say when I was a kid, I'm cruising for a bruising. My that's mom what used I, to say that. That's too. what I'm doing if I, I keep swearing like that. I didn't get tough nookies or whatever. Tough you nookies, say. yeah. I didn't get that last week, cruising <laughs> for a bruising. I got that one. By the way, well, we had that on the show on uh, Man and Bone, and it was like 50-50. People said, I've never heard of tough nookies. Like, it was not a thing. I thought it was a well-known thing, not a thing. So, all right. That's it for us. Squeaky bum time. We'll see you next week. We'll find out what the crew are doing. Are they in the playoffs or not? We'll tell you next time. Till then, have a great week, and we'll see you. It's Bone and Beam United. <laughs>